Welcome to Minority Corner, where we take an introspective look at the world through an intersectional lens. I'm James, he, him. I'm a queer political activist, actor, comedian, self-proclaimed sexy blurred. That's a um, black nerd. And each week I'm joined in the corner by other fabulous minorities and some allies tackling the news, pop culture, politics, media, entertainment, and history with a little self-care, self-love sprinkled throughout, all for our own personal and collective empowerment. Well, what up, Minority Corner? And you know who's back? It is our lovely and talented Mackenzie Green. Oh, so glad that she is here to help us unpack the slap heard around the world. And it was a historic night where Ariana DeBose, the first Latina and queer woman to win. Well, since, well, Rita Moreno wasn't queer, but uh, Ariana DeBose is. Uh, it's a big deal, big deal. But of course, all everyone can talk about is this slap. Now, Mackenzie and I break down first and foremost. Listen, we're going to need all white folks to wait five business days before commenting and giving opinions. By now, it's Friday. You're listening. You can give all the comments and opinions ever yet you want. Uh, but as we discuss, you know, these things, that when they happen to the black community or folks within the black community, there's that thing called linked lineage, which we've discussed here on this podcast. And I'll tell you this, black folks are having a different experience than some of the white folks. I have questions. How are, how are these folks before like black lives matter defund the police and then lock this black man up i don't know we have questions we're gonna unpack that speaking of black men going off to jail who are famous and uh have done things where we're just like huh? shrug emoji jesse smollett has been sentenced and we discussed his sentencing we're gonna discuss it we're gonna discuss discuss the experience uh was it too much was it not enough this is what happens we have to have these difficult conversations and i tell you this it is that much more difficult for us as black people to have these conversations in front of perhaps potentially white ears who are listening uh because of link lineage we are connected we feel connected to everything that happens to people within our community by systemic design also, I went to a Tadric Hall concert. I have notes on my experience. In the main corner, I'm going to break down this new show called The Problem with Jon Stewart. Specifically, uh, one of the episodes uh, is about unpacking racism just amongst white people. Jon Stewart got a bunch of white folks together to unpack racism, and boy, were the results fascinating. It is a must-watch. I'm going to break down everything that I witnessed and how it really gave me a window into the mind of some white folks, especially as y'all know, I'm doing diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. These are the things that I'm up against and conscious biases and these roadblocks in the way to actually working to dismantle racism. And we're going to give you some tips of if you are a white person listening of the things that you can and should, I don't like to use the word should, but should be doing to continue the work. And especially Minority Corner, we're, get, we're getting ready to wrap up here. So we're passing the baton over to you, Corner Kids. You're ready. You're not going to be Corner Kids. You're going to be Corner Adults. Oh, we're about to graduate. That is right. Plus, I, I do want to circle back to the Oscars at the very end. I wanted to bring in this little snippet from Get On Up. I had talked about, uh, there's an article that talked about how everyone's talking about how this slap was the worst thing that ever happened to the Oscars. But uh oh, we look into history and see that this event that is one almost 100 years old, you better believe there's been some 
equally, if not worst things that have happened. So let's take a look at those and just people are people and they're going to be wilding sometimes. So here we go. Brand new episode of Minority Corner. It is kicking off right now. Kinsey Green. I think you are now officially the Duchess of Minority Corner. <laughs> done it. You got a title. I've done it. You got a title. Listen, <laughs> listen, everybody has those moments. You know how, like, when Ellen was at now that she's getting near the end and people love to get on there and be like, how many times have I been on Ellen? Yes. Have I been on the most of your show? Like, that's the way I feel about this, where I'm like, I think I can be retired. Like, I know I'm in the five timers. Oh, I know yeah. That. You were definitely For like sure. the top repeaters. And like in a year, you quickly whoop, like got in there, got in there. <laughs> I, mean, I just was like, I was like, here, I'm available. Let's do this. All we need it. Well, we have to talk about the Oscars. I didn't watch it, but of course, I've seen all these. Now I wish I had because first. Yeah. Yes. Here's the problem. <laughs> Oh, I watched it. So I had yeah. to watch it for work. So I was watching it for work. And simultaneously, I do a different radio show. And we had talked. We had decided at like 12 noon, 2 o'clock, hey, you should you should come do the recording on Monday to do the Oscars recap. At that point, at 12 noon, West Coast time, that was an <laughs> innocuous request. That was a easy request. She had asked me to do a simple layup and get the show out of the way early in the week. I was like, dope. Love it. About it. And then for work, I was like, oh, guys, you guys can take the evening off. I'll live tweet the show oh, for work. Because I was like, I haven't, oh, done, I was like, I haven't done this in a minute. I would love to live tweet the show for work. So they're all like finishing the red carpet up. And they're like, OK, good night. And I was like, great job, guys. And so I'm just like, I'm sitting down. And I was like, ooh, I'm ready. So then the carpet's going. Like every damn celebrity is like, Simu Liu is like, I can't wait to meet Will Smith. Like he was the first minority actor. I really saw that like broke through and I was like, yes, okay. Then people are taking the carpet because we're tweeting for who will wear about the clothes, the fashion, the jewels, the beauty. And then I was like, ooh, look at Jada. She looks cute. Yes, that dress. I was like, ooh, look at you, Jada. Look at Mm -hmm. y'all in your green. Mm -hmm. Ooh, look at you. Mm -hmm. Okay, you there tonight. You got your Oscars. When I saw that train, I was like, how? Because again, I hadn't seen it. And so I didn't understand what the layout was of how she was going to sit in that full train. But they had, they copied a little Golden Globe style. I like this layout of the Oscars. They took, yeah, they took a little. I love the layout because they took a little bit of last year's of the kind of like Mm, cocktail party vibe and put it down there for the nominees. So I thought it was cute. I was like, you've made an intimate affair. Obviously, I love Wanda Sykes. I think she's one of the funniest comedians of all time. I, I think Regina, Regina Hall is such an she's underrated so funny. comedian. Amy, Sh- Amy she's Schumer. A, is at fine. least she was paired but up like, with those two amazos. And that's one reason why I'm yes. kind of mad at myself that I didn't watch it. Because I love those two. And then Amy Schumer, I'll, I'll take her. Oh, their opening, their opening was hilarious. Because Regina was like, I'm here for all the black women. Wanda was like, I'm here for all the queer women who want to live out and proud. And Amy was like, and I'm here for all the inseparable <laughs> white women who call the cops on you if you get too loud. And that's when I was like, this is going to be a funny show. It's going to be an easy yeah. show. It's going to be hilarious. And then, of course, Beyonce is doing her full Toby Wenway <laughs> mint look, but instead in like tennis yes. ball yellow. And I was like, I love this. Like, I was like, my mom is texting me being like, what is this? What am I watching? I was like, mom, shut up. She was like, what am I? 
what's going on? I was like, Blue Ivy's <laughs> performing. Cause Blue Ivy was in front of her. There was like a horse. Ah. I loved it. And I was like, and I was like, oh, this is going to be a cute Oscars. Like different things kept happening. I'm like tweeting from the brand. I was like, ooh, real hot girl shit. Like we don't talk about Bruno, but we always talk about hot girl shit. Like I'm like, ooh, yes. yeah. Yes. Like I'm in it. And then I was like on my own personal account, I was like, look at old spooky ass Victorian child Rami Malek introducing old spooky ass Billie Eilish singing her haunting song. I was like, this yes. is a layup. What yeah. an easy night. I was like. Any, anybody can stay up. I was like, this is great. I'm like queuing up different tweets for the event that like, oh, you know, we love, oh, we always stay. He's, the, he's not just the Prince of Bel-Air. He's yeah, the King of right. Bel-Air. Like you I'm queuing it. up stuff ready. for the evening. I'm, I'm getting ready. And then, and then it was like, I looked down, I looked up and I went, oh, it's Chris Rock. And then I thought, oh, um, and then Chris Rock made a joke. That Javier Bardem right. kind of and Penelope Cruz were kind of like, oh, right. you little scam. Yeah, cause he, like, because he know, was, I was like, like, they have to know was, what the fuck he said. <laughs> <laughs> I first of all didn't realize that they I were married. Like, they that's hot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know that's everybody's favorite fun fact when they're like, ooh, I like, I that. like that. Look, tell me more about it. But he was like to the point where also to sidebar, I, we have to, I would have put a little, little pin here too. Because something too in terms of <laughs> casting. With Penelope Cruz, who is Spanish, and Hardy Harvey Bardem, who is Spanish, <laughs> they will often cast these two folks as like, lat, like full Latinidad, yes, Mexican, well, those are Cuban, they're part of the colonizers. Else. Okay, it's kind of complicated. I know. That's like they casted Harvey Bardem as uh, Ricky Ricardo from Cuba, so yes. it's just. And I was like, I, I was know. like, guys, that's not Cuba, and that's and being Cuban and being a Cuban actor seems like it's real hard. So ah! maybe we should have. Open it like and then mind you i'm like tweeting because of course i have to tweet for work about the fashion so i'm like shout out to adrian dubois who is wearing this atelier you know valentino look like first queer woman Uh, you know bitches wearing pants she is i also too i was rooting for first have you seen the new west the west new west story mind-blowing so i watched it i was I told somebody I didn't go see it because I was like, I've seen this a million times. I also went to predominantly white prep schools in which I saw all white productions of West Side Story and all white but productions of The Wiz. Hate all white productions from beginning girls. to end. Yeah. So like I always had this thing where I was like, I got West Side Story and I thought it was beautiful, but I also like yeah. didn't really care. Like it was kind of like, oh, these are just people like this fight escalated <laughs> this much that y'all stabbed each other. And for some reason, something about, like, the yes. accurate casting and hearing that, like, white cop turn to them after they had, like, d- d- you know, defaced the Puerto Rican flag being, like, every day more of them get off the boat. Like, you mm-hmm. got to stop this. And, like, it hit me what the show oh. was actually about Same. for the first time. I feel like time. I finally got West Side Story for the <laughs> first time ever. Because also, the movie for the original is a lot of them just singing on the soup and just snapping and singing on the suit. Yes. And just being a lot of like, <laughs> a lot of like, da, 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 da. Huh, mumbo. <laughs> just da, 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 cool, boy. Da, da, da. Real cool. Boy. <laughs> and Real cool. Like, <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> this one was like, and let's then- take it to the streets. We're in a different <laughs> space everywhere. Yes. Like, the whole plot just made sense. And I was rooting for Ariana DeBose because, um, one, she was phenomenal, but just what this would mean, like Rita Moreno yes. won, and for her to also win for that same role. And then can we also say the fact that she is the second Latina oh. actress to ever win, but for the same <laughs> damn role. Y'all, please let Latina Shit. women play somebody I besides Anita. That. Like, oh, no, that's I a travesty. <laughs> I was like, guys, y'all have only given twice. out these twice 
two Latina actresses no for the same way. part. So basically, you you gotta find a way to play Anita if you want to win an See Oscar you in as a Latina woman. Years like, next damn. little young Latina yes. actress. She's not even born yet. The next Latina actress yes. isn't even born yet. Who's gonna win? Yes, I was like, Oof. geez, Louise. But truly, I was like in tears for her. And then the guy mm-hmm. from Coda won. Um, that broke me because to see this Korean woman who barely spoke English trying to mm-hmm. sign to him, like I was like, mm-hmm. oh God, this is what storytelling is all about. Like I was a puddle. So beautiful I was just night. like, this what a cute great. night. We've got no yeah, moon like, night debacles. Night. What a cute night. I was like, Jay-Z, I was like, Beyonce left her house. Like we barely get Beyonce out of her house. Like, Zendaya yes. looked gorgeous. Like Andrew Garfield was just vibing. Like that Spider-Man joke, he instantly was just kind of like, oh my God, everybody's just gonna keep reminding me I was in that. Which yes, always. Like, meanwhile, yeah. I'm like Toby. I, I'm like Toby. You, I know you're in one of these movies because you have disappeared. I know you're in one of these movies I coming do. up because you have. I'm like, where is Toby? Has where anybody seen Toby? Because they're doing reshoots. I'm like, they're doing reshoots for Multiverse of Madness, and we have not seen Toby. Oh, Zendaya got that shout but out like, during Megan Thee Stallion's uh, verse. During, uh, and I don't know, did Megan plan that, or she's just that dope that she was able just to off the cuff give Zendaya... I think she just off the cuff. Oh, you know, so she probably good. went through rehearsals, saw that oh. that's where Zendaya was sitting, and was okay, like, I'm okay, going to okay. add lip yeah, this yeah, in yeah, yeah. here. She's so dope. And so I was like, ooh, cute. I love it. So Yeah. So I was like, ooh, we don't talk about Bruno. I loved the man who was singing the song that was nominated. His hands were shaking. I was like, I was like, when else have you seen like a like an actual man speaking yeah. in Spanish for an Oscar nominated song? Then like Mila Kunis, who was like actually like escaped a war torn country in Eastern Europe is like introducing the segment that's about like donate to Ukraine. I yeah. was like, this is a great yeah. show. This is crazy. This is great. And then, truly, lull in the show, I, like everybody, was like, oh, well, I got to keep watching for work, but maybe I'll, like, get up. And then I thought, oh, there's Chris Rock. And then Chris Rock made a joke about them, and I went about Javier and Penelope, and I went, oh, okay. And then, <laughs> and then Chris Rock made a joke about Jada. And here's what I will say. Yeah. This is what I will say. I'm. This is black person yeah. to black person talking. So many white people I've seen are like, he laughed. And I'm like, here's mm. the thing, guys. Black mm. people, culturally, we are known to be like, <laughs> all right, fuck around <laughs> and find out. Like, we are notorious for, like, uh, 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 uh. giggling, laughing, mm-hmm. smiling right before we yes. lose our minds. Like, right before it's we're also like, actually, <laughs> you hear it, what this bitch said? Like, we're notorious for that. It's people's reactions is laughter to things. And of course, Will Smith, right? I'm reading his, doing his audiobook right now. And like, that's part of, probably part of his survival skill was to just laugh it off. Yes. And he probably feels, laugh it off. Like, as a man. And I'm not, I'm not defending it. He's embarrassed. Because here's what I'll say about his, I will yeah. say this from his book. When right. I read his book, part of me absolutely agreed with people in this sense of like this man literally has said his greatest regret in life is not yeah. fighting his father when his father he always his felt mother. like he was a coward and all of this is happening he right always there felt like he was moment. a coward yes and i'm like all of this is converging so chris rock <laughs> makes a joke will smith gets up chris rock says oh here comes richard my brain went this is a bit that's what everybody's thought the bit, the bit 
the bit is people have been teasing Will and Jada all yeah. all season, you know, from Laverne Cox being like entanglements yes. to like people like from the red table talk to Will getting memed, all this stuff. Like we've been there. The joke is about to be Will Smith over your mm-hmm. taunting for WAP. Ha ha ha. So when the I heard the smack, my immediate thought was, wow, that is really good sound <laughs> editing. Like. And I thought, wow, and Will really sold that. And I never thought Chris was that good of an actor to like, to, I was like, wow, have they been taking combat training? Like what the, they are good. And so I just was kind of like, oh, okay. Okay. And then when, even when Chris said, Will Smith just (laughs) slapped the shit out of me and everybody Mm -hmm. laughed, I thought, okay, so that's the bit. Mm -hmm. That's the bit is ha ha ha. King Richard, FWAP, yeah. boy, you crazy. Because then Chris was kind of like, and then he proceeded to be like looking like, okay, we'll proceed. And then when Will started screaming yes. at him, keep your name, my wife's name, out of yep. your fucking mouth. Twice, twice. That's when I was like, twice. I was like, oh, this and did you see Lupita's reaction behind him and <gasps> Lupita's face? Because people kept being like, it's fake, it's a bit, and I was like, no, no, no. Lupita Nyong'o's reaction is the reaction of somebody who has just realized in real time, like we are, that this is uh, not a bit. This yeah. is real, and like this shit has taken a turn. And I said to my mom, I said, what the crazy part is, like, and obviously this is the shoulda, coulda, wouldas of all of it, is it was very clear that Chris Rock, his knee, you saw it in his face that it was kind of like, okay, all right, I fucked mm-hmm, around and found mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you could tell that Chris was like, and I'm going to pretend like yeah. that was fake, and we're going to yep. proceed forward. If Will had never yelled at him, if Chris had kept, we all would have been like, we all today would be const- would still yeah, be like, was that real? Totally. Was that a bit? Yeah. Was that fake? Was that real? And we would have all oh, moved just on, right? The only wouldn't have yelled was, and just would have been able to. That's what I said. Because if he had just gone, because you could tell that Chris was giving him okay, the kind of like, I went okay, too far. Okay, we'll talk about okay. this later. All but... right. Okay. We'll talk about <laughs> this later. Like we're going to discuss this out of this room. It was the yelling, and I think what got me and made me mad at, like, both of them, but in that moment mad at Will, is when Chris said, it was a G.I. Jane joke, and he yelled it again, and Chris went, okay, yeah. okay, mm-hmm. okay. Like, he said it in a way that's mm-hmm. like, man, but st- I get it. But you okay, know what? Stop. It was in that moment, you could see the hurt in Chris Rock actually settled in, because you could yes. see he was so shook and so hurt, because it... I can only imagine when you get physically assaulted, it's an emotional shock and you can see it unfold in his face. (laughs) They're also like kind of, I imagine like friends and then this sort of industry and things just went too far. And like, and you're proud of your peers and all this stuff. And 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 two, and this is like the thing to unpack a friend, like a a, a white colleague of mine who heads up our allyship (laughs) network and he, Doing great stuff. I'm going to talk about some stuff that he's doing that I recommend a lot of white people doing about how you can combat racism in your <laughs> white circles. Um, but he said we had a DEI uh, meeting today and I had brought it up and he was like, yeah, I think all white people should just wait at least five business days before responding or commenting on this. And I was like, so like, yes. this, is the, so like this is the part that's crazy to me. Right. It's like I felt because somebody I really love a pastor I love was like what we what you all just got to witness was a fight between two black men about a black woman 
in which two black elders had to then de-escalate yes. the situation. He was like, the problem was this shit happens mm-hmm. in our circle as black folks yeah. regularly. And we handle shit however we handle it and blah, blah, blah. He was like, the problem was the entire world got yeah. to look in on a moment that like, and I feel like now the problem is like black people are just trying to like create yeah. a barricade to be like, no, 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 stay out. We're mm-hmm. discussing something. We're mm-hmm. having a family meeting. Mm-hmm. Just stay out. Let us figure this out. Then we'll let you guys in. Because even at the time we're recording this, this morning, I recorded for a show that is honestly a predominantly white audience, predominantly white host. And I genuinely said on air, the conversation mm-hmm. I want to have and I should yeah. have, I cannot mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. with you all. And it's like, and then I laughed or I looked at my calendar and I was like, oh, my God, James, right <laughs> I got okay. you. I got, I got you. Day. And I was like, so we can have the conversation of like, because yeah. I think that's the crazy part is like every black man was like, I've been Will in the situation. Yeah. I've been Chris in the situation. Sometimes I've been Denzel. <laughs> and every black woman, and every black woman was like, all right. You know, because like there were so many memes that were just like, it's been a rough week for black women. At least somebody, somebody finally slapped somebody for it. It's been like, charged. It has been, it's been a rough time. Like, yeah. I was like, we just sat through a whole week uh, of watching yes. Katanji Brown get basically verbally mm-hmm. <laughs> beat down by a room full of underqualified men. So underqualified like, white kind of men nice. with Corey, with, uh, yeah. with uh, Corey being the only, yeah. Corey Parker, the only. Yeah, Corey being the only person being like, let me pour some and honor it, into it, you. Such a reminder, it's, too, that, I mean, he's the only, I forget how white the Senate is. I've been saying this for the longest time, right? abolish the Senate. I, do th- I don't think that we need two houses. It slows everything it. down. I think the House of Representatives down. is so much more representative of yeah. America. Of, of like who happening. we are, the Senate yes. is like it's and and nothing gets done because it has to get passed in the House and then in the Senate, and it just and we, then and then we're also coming off of a week where we're talking about the Crown yeah. Act getting passed mm-hmm. more widely, and so like, and I think that's the problem is like I keep seeing so many like white folks being like why is this about race and it's like okay but this isn't about race about this you isn't all. Like, you. this isn't even about race about yes. like black people and white people this is about this is a black people yes. to black people we are having yes, a, we are having it out with yep. each other right now so that we can get on the same page and figure out what we're going to do to fix our yes. cousin will and like, i think period. that's like the fu- like and that's, that's the thing too is like i've talked to this before is that linked lineage no other group on this planet has more connected yes. linked lineage than black people when that happens we feel like it is a representation of us as an entire community. And that's the problem. And that was the thing. And I think that was the wild part is like in that moment. And my mom said this perfectly when I was talking to her about like, what am I going to say on the show that I recorded in the morning? Is she said like, you know, what's crazy. Mackenzie is like, I doubt white folks have this conversation of like, how are we going to talk about Harvey Weinstein? How are we going to talk about Chris (laughs) D'Elia? How are we going to talk about Alec Baldwin? How are we going to talk about Dylan Roof? She was like, but that's the crazy. But that's what she was like. But the crazy part is we as black people are literally sitting down being like, guys, how are we going to talk about Mm -hmm. this Will Smith shit? How are we going to talk about Chris? How are we going to talk about Jada? How are we going to talk about this? And this is like, and then here's the sad thing is it's like sad on all different fronts. It's so uncomfortable and awkward. Like, cause again, like I'm, I'm almost through Will Smith's book and it's a bit of like, it's a bit of a turnoff saying that this like happened that he that this happened yeah. like and this is his moment you when you read that book you know how much he wanted this more than yes. anything and I think that's what the pursuit so of happiness all like concussion he's been working so hard for this you realize that he was twenty minutes away from his biggest dream 
And I think there was like, there was a black guy that said like a great thing where he was like, yeah, we can all shoulda, coulda, woulda. And he was like, he was like, what I wish would have happened is Chris made that joke. Will grabs Jada's hand. They get up, leave. Everybody's like, why did Will and Jada leave? The press is on the other side of the door. They're like, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, why are you out here? And Will's like, because that man needs to keep my wife's name out mm-hmm. of his fucking mouth. Everybody's like, okay. Ooh, oh, okay, mm-hmm. all right. Like it goes, it reverberates. It's already out on the Twitter sphere. It's going to newspapers in real time. They then come back during the commercial break. Will gets to get his his statue, and we're all like, okay. The same thing where I told my mom because my mom was like, I'm a Libra too, and I go, but mom, there is no way that between you getting up and walking to the stage, Dad isn't like Phyllis, <laughs> Phyllis, Phyllis, Phyllis. <laughs> And I think what, like, I think, again, it's like that hurt. What hurt me the most is that, like, nowhere between the 10 feet from his seat to Chris did anything tell him, bro, yeah, this ain't working. No. Yeah. Like, yeah. just you turn it. Fuck he just, I'm going back to my seat. And I think. He just kept going. And then to center. And then I think what added to it is for these now the center of this conversation to be black men in this conversation of like protect black women <laughs> that now it's actually just about black, that protecting black women means now we just talk about black men all the time is like huh. and then I got pissed during his speech when he then is like turning to Venus and Serena and it was kind Don't, of like I'm like yeah. alright Jared Leto where he was like where he was like it's because no, I've been playing Richard no. for so long that I was Don't put that on and them. I'm like and then I got really mad because I thought, do you know the shit these two girls have probably, these two women have been probably called from the time yeah. they were girls to yeah. now? And then you're like, I'm sh- I was like, do you know how many, like, I'm sure Richard Williams had so many opportunities. He would have been mm-hmm. justified to beat the dog mm-hmm. shit out of somebody. And mm-hmm. we all would have been like, eh, all right, well. All right, he talked about your daughter. He called your yeah. daughter, you know, a nigga, whatever. Like, we'd all be like, oh. I, I, and it kind of it's sad for them as well because they worked so hard to get this movie done. They chose Will, even though yes. people were like, oh, "Will Smith, like you know, he's he's too light skinned." And I just, yeah, people were like, like "He's corny as fuck." He's light. He turned it out like, for this film, and it just it really sucks because yeah. this is what the conversation is. Everyone's having the next day, and then I also think you know, hurt people, hurt people. I hope he continues to do. The war, yes. clearly he was feeling such, the worst <laughs> feeling that men can feel is shame. I was like, shame. you know some, who's that man on Instagram that he works with all the time? <laughs> the one that's like the Instagram yes. guru. I'm sure that, Jay Shetty is the, probably so oh, damn like, oh God. shit, I'm not going to sell a single <laughs> book anymore. <laughs> like, but like he felt such shame and felt the need that like he needed to go up there and, and, and show the world or maybe like, or if him and Jade have had such a rough year that he's trying to prove to everybody. That's he's trying what to prove. I was he's just like, baby, like, I got you. I'm, and then she's like, I didn't ask for all that. She did enough. The roll of her eyes said everything. But that was the thing is when she rolled her eyes, it said everything. And the crowd went, oh, and that was like, and then when Chris was like, that was one, that wasn't even one of the worst jokes. Then I was like, let's move the fuck on. Chris Rock is fucking corny. He's never going to win an Oscar. Every time, like, we get it. When he hosted in 2017, he spent half his monologue talking about you. It's like, Jada, that's when you just remind everybody, like, I went on a date once with Chris Rock. It was the worst (laughs) date of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I think what's crazy is then you also have Chris Rock documented in his comedy sets being like, nobody's above an ass whooping. Uh, So I think mm -hmm. that's why Chris was like, I will take this slap. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And I do feel, I think it'll move on. I hope that they do uh, some sort of, 
like movie together or something like that. I think that they're gonna you be You know fine. they will. I said that to my mom. I go, they're going yeah. to be fine. I think where I really got pissed off is one because I knew every black person at every water cooler was gonna be yes. like, get I hate seeing and white I people also talking got about re- it on a Slack channel and pop culture. Yes! There was right. a white girl who was like, Tell me y'all was- saw the wor- slap heard around the world. I'm like, Y'all don't get to talk about this. This is not for you. Yes. I was on I was on a Zoom call, a Zoom conference call with like 50 other people and somebody was like oh my god who saw and then i i had to mute the thing uh-huh. i just waited till i saw the presentation come up and then i was like all right and i think that's what made me mad and then the other part of it was like will you are the mm. fifth black man in the 94 year history of the oscars to win this award bro bruh homie my guy it's it took 12 years between you mm-hmm. and forrest whitaker I promise you, they're going to make us no. wait 27 years before they let us uh, get the six months. Because like, I think then I just started seeing all this black talent. Because this is what I said to my mom. I said, the problem is Chris and Will mm-hmm. will forgive each other. Tyler Perry will put them in a movie together. <laughs> will Packer will put them in something together. They'll probably do a remake of Life, <laughs> like a la Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence. And we'll all get our giggles. And they'll probably do some shit together. He'll probably sit down at the red table. <laughs> they going to talk about it. People go, good, good hair is probably going to shoot back up to number one on Netflix. Cause people are going to want to watch it again, all that stuff. And I said, but what I'm mad about is I know that the white mm. casting directors, producers, directors, agents are no. not going to forget no. the voting academy those people uh, and he worked so hard for this for so long he shot and i think he shot himself yes. in the foot like hopefully he's able to produce some of his own work because i think that this is we as a black I was man like, you, you don't get yeah to do i was this. like Work you twice as hard to get half as much that's man. what i said yes that's why i was like you better hope that tyler perry just constantly put you in his shit and you better host Westbrook productions ends up getting some great scripts to work with. So you could just make all your own projects. Cause let me tell you what Disney is not coming calling no. anymore. Yeah. You will not be playing the genie. <laughs> the sequel. Ah, okay. Uh, all right. Well, something speaking of lineage of when, what black people do, they all like, we feel it all. So we finally have yeah. the Jesse Smollett <laughs> verdict. Uh, has <laughs> has happened. So if y'all I <laughs> you can Google it if you're not sure who Justice Small is. It pains it pains please, me enough to God, have to bring it, it up. No, no. Um but Justice Smollett finally got sentenced and <laughs> like made quite the last bit of a performance out of uh his his last thing. I you know, mean, he was like the thing the judge already asked him if he wanted to say anything and then he didn't and then the judge like yeah. uh, sentenced him and he like <laughs> gave this huge thing he's like i did not do this took his mask off he's like i did not do this you know if i end up dead i'm not suicidal so if i add up yeah he was like i'm not dead in my prison cell i didn't do it and it's almost (laughs) like dude stop playing on the black people oppression greatest hits you already like you're they're not you're not gonna see andrew bland okay so please don't like bring this up like yeah take it and like i will say the one thing that did catch my eye is Miss Taraji P. Henson, she was like, she thought that the sentencing was too much because she's like, you know, he did already lose his career. Yeah. The man's never going to work again. But I think it was just like, how much did he get? Like 150 days or something? It wasn't that much. Yeah. Like, and my mom was like, he'll probably I think he's out already. She is was he like, out? <laughs> okay. Good night. I Jessie. think he's already out. A poor journey has to like, 
I'm glad no I one know. asked her at the red carpet, again, Renee. How's uh, about, your brother doing? Luckily, she doesn't talk about but it. But again, the roll, like, but again, the like shit rolling on to black women is I kept being like, you know, Jernay's birds of prey is getting delayed. <laughs> you know, somebody's like, somebody's like, I don't know, should we go forward <laughs> with this project? You know, considering Jernay's brother, and it's like, I don't know that man. I don't know. I who have six he's siblings. Doing. Like he is one of men. Yeah, like there's more than up. He's not the only one. Uh, but it's that link lineage. And like, it's like, you know, him, like the whole entire thing just hurt because he really preyed so much on this moment of hypertension with like, you know, Trump was president. And like, yeah. you know, there's not many black queer yes. artists out there. It's just like similar to like when him yeah. and Tadrick Hall go wild and out. I, did I tell you, I, I went to go yes. see. I said a friend of mine was like, do you want to go see Tadrick Hall? live i had already said yes i had not finished big brother and then i i was about to say i was like i bet that you were pissed and then at i made the mistake of the day before we we're gonna go see the concert i finished actually the day of i finished the last episode horrible and horrible i should idea. not have because i i didn't no. want to go i can't separate the artist from the artist i'm like you played a terrible game as a human being and he's like i got a bad edit there yeah. were live feeds those are live feeds that happen girl sir we watch you all the time and like <laughs> unanimously <laughs> lost even though when he first went in there everyone was like i want to be in alliance with him i want to be in alliance with him and then he's just being sketchy yeah. as fuck didn't need to be and so my friend my other friend there's a group of us had also seen <laughs> big brother and we both stood like in the corner and just kind of were we were sassy and mean yeah. and like i yeah, and rightfully so. <laughs> We're like, oh, look at that run in that stocking. I'm not proud yeah, of I'd my like, oh. bitchiness there, but it just was like... Yeah, I'd be like, does he think that's <laughs> HD like? And then I think yeah. audacity to like bring it up in the middle of the speech and just kept thinking like that Tadra Call was going to like apologize for his behavior and instead Never. sang a song. He's Never. like, you know what? This this song reminds me of what I'm going through right now and the, when, you know, my ex-boyfriend broke up with me and it was just like, I'm beautiful. I'm amazing. I was about to say, I was, do you know what I was you know what I was just thinking? I thought when you were saying he gave this monologue, this apology, I just knew he then followed it up with, ah! don't Every day. He has a beautiful song and he was just railing out on it. The best part about his his concert was, you know, he uses a lot of uh, queer dancers, like tons of them. And we're like, well, we hope he pays them. But they like were all like different like parts of like the the, the queer spectrum. Not a lot of dark skin dancers. I think not a single one dark skin Mm. dancer on there. Um, Mm. But the best part, the best number was when they just dance. (laughs) He wasn't on stage and they were telling their story through like interpretive dance. It was beautiful. And then and then his last like song was like something about like you're a bitch or something. It just was not like, you know, motivational, empowering. It was just like <laughs> you were like, we left out of there with play. Like, you a bitch. <laughs> you got the wrong bitch, bitch. You got the wrong yes, bitch. Yes, you got the wrong, yes, wrong bitch. I, that's yes. like one of my favorite. That's the only Todd Hall song that I will. Listen, I used to live and die by that song. I'd be on the train like. Uh, mm, mm, but mm, that's mm. what he left the concert off with and like oh then there was a performer before him who i think that he had sabotaged like it was like this gay male <laughs> like muscly dancer with two backup dancers because the backstage first of all the concert was not sold out like i was like see god don't god don't like ugly i, it, uh, I think a lot of people <laughs> yeah and he's not too fond of cute either as my mom I think people were like i'm not turning out uh, but the backstage door was like, oh, like there's, it felt like a high school production when you can see 
like the backstage door, like the light just opened. Like someone closed that door and turned off the light. And someone <laughs> did close it for a moment. We're like, phew, while the, like the the head the the uh, warm up act was on. Then it opened, and I saw someone whispering to someone. I said to my friend, they were probably like, um, Todrick said to keep the store open while he performs. Yeah. So they, it, it was so distracting. I just kept you looking know, at the backstage yeah. the entire time. So we were standing yeah. in the front. We were standing in this front area. But um, but at the same time, I do have to say this. Here I am being all like, you know, talking all this shit. And like, you know what? At least he's up there doing it. I do think about what could I have done if I would have really went for like my singing and dancing and performing career. Like he's up there doing it. I don't appreciate the way that like sometimes I mean, the way he went about doing it. But <laughs> He made it. If that's what it takes yeah. to make it, then I'm not going to make it. Then you're right, because I, I just won't. But snaps to him. Snaps to him. I'm like, I don't have that in me. Yeah. But God, Jesse, <laughs> just please be quiet. Be so quiet I don't know if you've seen this yet. I have it on my list, but I definitely want to check out The Cheaper by the Dozen with uh, Gabrielle Union and Zach Braff. I'm so excited about this. I uh, love them both. Also, side note, when everybody is in their discourse about like black men protecting black women, Dwayne Wade, guys, Dwayne um, Wade mm-hmm. does a beautiful job mm. defending his do- both of his daughters, Zaya mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Kavia, defending yep. his wife. And Dwayne Wade is probably one of the strongest, scariest men that mm-hmm. has ever played professional basketball. I would just like to yes. leave that there. It's like when that people talk about like, that. protect black women. And I'm like, <laughs> I have I have literally watched Dwayne Wade let rappers say the corniest shit about Zaya. And then waits to get on his show on ESPN and then be like, I would like to address Lil Boosie for his bullshit. And then it's kind of like, and also to Lil Boosie, don't ever run up on me because you'll get done up. And everybody's like, okay. Okay. He is from Chicago. He is from Chicago. Dude, it is. He's protecting them. That's uh, all you gotta do. All Mm -hmm. right. I mean, well, I just... Uh, my heart just still breaks for Will Smith. It but just I, breaks. That's what I'm saying. It breaks for him. And then I'm also like, I would like to talk to Jay Shetty and that other lady from the documentary that was supposed to be his therapist. Girl, <laughs> girl, what are you teaching him? Uh, uh, but highly recommend. I'm going to check this out. I want to check it out. So it's Zach Braff uh, and Gabrielle Union doing Cheaper by the Dozen. And yes. she was talking about how... how they had to do a lot of pre-production. They shot this movie during COVID. So she was like, I didn't really know if Zach and I would really, she, they were doing Zoom meetings and yeah. stuff like that, but you don't really know. But she said, when we got on set, the chemistry was there and they really became the parents, but he was more like the fun parent. She was like yeah. the more tough one, which, um, you know, not surprised. I mean, that's not surprising. Black women don't, <laughs> no. If there's a white man and a black woman together. You think the yeah. black one gets to be willy nilly? Like, <laughs> no, she's the one that's like, let me keep this. We keep this uh, absolutely but uh i just seems like it was a really uh cute sort of set and she also yeah. you know, it's also hard for her because she's you know this movie's on disney and disney is you know wildin and they got us all yeah. it's so tough because disney implanted themselves into all of our lives uh my co-host and i for our morning show we we're like what are your two top streaming services and we were like disney plus and hbo yeah. max like they're so interesting Disney is so intrinsic into our life and they do this don't say gay bill fuckery like supporting yeah. it and it just is really very challenging and when you just you've been fucking up for so long but we've been just letting you go by I mean tons of just inappropriate cartoon characters that are either <laughs> you know racist from like the crows I uh, the 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 cats from oh, Lady and the we, Tramp. Let me detour the real quick. The gay thing. villains? My, all my, those villains that were gay growing up? Yes. My, so I have to say, 
before they shut it down and they're working on refurbishing it here, my favorite thing was getting on Splash Mountain <laughs> and hearing how uncomfortable other people were. So like yeah. at the height of the lockdown, when you I went to the park and you literally were like on rides by yourself. Like you were on Pirates of the Caribbean in a <laughs> boat by yourself for like the full 16 minutes. So I get on the boat. I'm by myself on this log. There are two gay men. There's a couple. They're on a log that's maybe like a little bit behind me. So they're at different parts of the ride and then there's like a white family in front of me the way all these people were aware at one point or another that there was a black person inside the ride with them while it was happening and so the two gay guys kept going i am not comfortable i am not comfortable i am not comfortable and i laughed and giggled so loud because there's just nothing funnier than when you pass an animatronic character going please sir don't no. put me in the briar patch and i was like this ride is Ooh. fucking wild uh, who asked for this and this that ran forever Ever. it was like just recently and like they're just not getting rid of the ooga boogas and the jungle cruise because like <laughs> oh we're releasing this movie i went on that i was very i've said this before in this podcast was uh doing a, an event for marvel we had a disney pass we went yeah. on and with like my my cast and it was very local and i was like that's not okay yeah. that's not okay and meanwhile the tour guy's trying to be like uh everybody duck there are arrows uh and I'm like, meanwhile the tiki room i finally went in there and the guy's like i free holes holy moly and i was like so bad. y'all gotta come and in here and fix this shit too oh they just need to do an entire audit of their entire park and <laughs> shit and just redo it just give tiana that should be tiana's like you know tiana's bayou thing, or something new orleans corner should just be tiana like done. this is my favorite moment is i somebody was like upset about the fact that they're redoing splash mountain Absurd. to tiana and disney world and this woman said to me my mom was so offended when she heard they were changing dixie drop and i was like i'm sorry whoa whoa <laughs> whoa, whoa. you guys not, had a you guys had a different it, name for it i thought we all called it splash mountain ew we need to change that <laughs> Uh, speaking of, so we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to unpack what's really going into the minds of white people and what white people can do about it because we tired. Hey there, beautiful people. I'm Travel Anderson. And I'm Jared Hill. We are the hosts of Fanti, the show where we have complex and complicado conversations about the gray areas in our lives, the things that we really, really love sometimes, but also have some problematic feelings about. Yes, we get into it all. You want to know our thoughts about Nicki Minaj and all her foolishness? We got you. You want to know our thoughts about gentrification and perhaps some positive question mark uh -oh. aspects of gentrification? We get into that too. Every single Thursday, you can check us out at MaximumFun.org. Listen, you know you want it, honey, so come on and get it. <laughs> Period. Hi, I'm Biz host of One Bad Mother. Whether you're a parent or just know kids exist in the world, join us each week as we honestly share what it's like to be a parent. I signed my stepson up for a camp that is actually in another state. I feel really stupid and I don't think we're going to get the money back. And then he found out that the car manual is a book about cars. So now he's reading our car manual. We so join us each week as we judge less, laugh more, and remind you that you are doing a great job. Download One Bad Mother on MaximumFun.org, and yes, there will be swears. 
Okay, so I hadn't watched this show yet. I knew it was on, and then I read this article, and I was like, I need to start watching this because I've been trying to. I love my satirical news. There's only so much I can take in. I get my, you know, I, I, I get my John Oliver. Got I got my Trevor, Trevor Noah, Noah. You got your John I got, Oliver. Uh, Seth, I love my Seth Meyers little little ten minute bits, yeah. and so I'm like, I'm tapped out. I'm tapped out. Sometimes I and sometimes I and sometimes I get a little oh, Amber yeah. Ruffin in there. Sometimes I'm like, lover. I'm like, I'm like, Amber, tell me I something. Love it. Try, I fell okay. off of my Samantha B mainly because my friend Ashton Nicole Black's no longer on the show, so yeah. I just felt less like inclined to continue watching it. And I'm getting the same jokes and information. <laughs> I got it. Um, so, exactly. but then when John Stewart was like, "I have a show too," I'm like, "John, I don't have time. I have Apple TV, and I don't I, have time." I, yeah, when John Stewart was like, "I'm coming back," I was I like, think "We got yeah, it. Nobody asked for this." But then, so his show, the problem with John Stewart. So the every episode is like the problem with something. They did their yes. most recent episode. If you have Apple TV, I thought this was fake when I heard when I saw the clips oh on YouTube. Oh my! I, I don't like, even think you. I so he does such a great job. The so the, the problem with John Stewart, it's split up into three different acts. The first act is like they'll set up like the history of something, then they'll do a yes. roundtable discussion, and then they'll go in and have some actual conversations on the in the field with people. So, um, yeah. so. Th- my friend Yasser Lester's fiance is one of the head oh. writers on there, Chelsea. Shout out to amazing, Chelsea. Amazing, amazing work. And plus, too, John Stewart's very smart where he's like, I'm not the only person working on the show. They show the writer's room having discussions. It's how yeah. diverse. The con- yes. Like, he came back and he is doing the right Oh, he came work. back with a vengeance. Like, like, I know, I love how people love to shit on the show, but I think he's doing an He's doing job. such a great job. So, the, the last episode, uh, most recent one is episode eight, uh, the problem with white people. So I guess there's always like the problem with something and they went into like the problem. Yeah. It's like the problem with environmentalism. Yes. Cause that was one of yeah. my favorites. And so essentially what John Stewart is doing is having white people address race because he quoted the, uh, Tony Morrison quote from her 1993 PBS interview where she says about racism, you know, my feeling is that white people have a very, very serious problem and they should start thinking about what they can do about it. Take me out of it. Yeah, I was like, yeah, "Oh my God, true. you're so right." What am I doing here? And it's like, when do you know how many times that hits me when I think when I find myself being like, "How are we going to dismantle racism?" And then I find myself being like, "I didn't make yes. this mess. Why what? am I cleaning this shit?" And it's it's so funny because you know I I lead these DEIB talks. We do these allyship huddles at work once a month, and it's funny because I feel like sometimes for me to be able to like directly say, Hey, white people, y'all got to fix it up. I have to come at it is like, well, similar to me, you have to come at it from such an, you have to come at it from such a yes. nice place. You have to, you have to use all these examples. Of yes. Where you've made. Mistakes. Yes. So I come, you have to be like, I once used the wrong pronouns for my gay, queer, black, disabled friend. Meanwhile, you're like, I have a, a queer, disabled black friend, and y'all think I'm your friend because we work here no. together. Yes, like- right. And like, yes. And so I, that same thing, I, I came out of as like similar to like, you know, women didn't create sexism. So us men, we all have to rally and be allies and have conversations and work to dismantle it and just like, you know, stop. Like it's not up for... It's not up to women to have to figure out, oh, yes. I shouldn't wear this dress or I don't need to walk down this street. No, 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 no. Men just stop fucking doing this shit. Like, get better. And can I just say a quick sidebar is I don't understand. This is my gripe about mainstream feminism. I don't understand how white women can be like, I hate all men and then understand the nuance of that statement. 
But then when black folks are like, I can't fucking stand white people, that they can't be like, oh, I understand the layers of that statement. Like they instantly are like, not all white people. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I have watched you literally open hand slap a man for saying not all men at a bar. Like what are what's happening? See the the parallels to it. So I it's it's very and so in the same ways, it's just sort of like, yeah, like white people like do more this has to be i said this before and i feel like i'm not saying it enough like it has to be your mission and so actually i kind i really like this conversation that john stewart attempted to do shit unravels but it's one of those things that everyone needs to watch because for me i got a peek into the mindset as someone who works in deib i'm like oh this is what i'm up against because he had three people on there there was uh, a LaSalle University sociology professor Charles Chip uh, Lisa Bond of Race to Dinner which Race to Dinner um, is a a really cute thing where she has people come together and they have Mm -hmm. conversations around race and it's just I yeah um, she did make a point because one of these white guys this uh, British American blogger Andrew Sullivan um, he was wild and he wasn't in the studio but he was on the screen (laughs) <laughs> and so they, they get off to the races and they're like, okay, white people, let's talk about, you know, racism. And they're talking about white privilege and the wheels fall off the track immediately. Chip, of course. They always fall off the, the track. <laughs> they always fall off the track when you say white privilege because people think that means everybody got a thousand dollar check in the mail for being white well, every month. And it's like, girl, that's not what that means. And you know, that's not yep, what that means. That is exactly it. So the first two, they chime in. They're like, oh, yeah, we need to pack, unpack, you know, white privilege. Blah, blah, blah. And then you get to this, you know, Andrew Sullivan guy who's like, well, first of all, I think like the premise of your question is like, you know, it's an over exaggeration. It's not real. He's saying that like white privilege, like, isn't real. And then so everything stops because the whole entire point is they're trying to see what can white people do to help to be better, to, be better. to dismantle racism. Yeah. So they spend mo- the entire conversation trying to define, like trying to like get on the same page of an actuality of truth, and they can't do it. Yeah. And so John Stewart even brings up he no. brings up uh, the new New Deal, the GI Bill, like uh, redlining, all these things. And Sullivan just was pretty much like, "Oh, those things are of the past, or they don't really exist, or they're not making impacts now." And then of course he brings up, "Well." I'm I'm an immigrant like I'm an immigrant too that's my favorite thing (laughs) that's my favorite thing is like but I'm a woman but I'm Jewish but I'm an immigrant but I'm this and I'm like but some people were kidnapped (laughs) from their homes and forced to work here for free and then were shut out of all these other economic ways to participate were lynched were murdered had you know segregated laws like were treated as second class when you find do you know how wild it is to me when white people will be like, why is everything about race? Because I wrote this once. I think I've even said this on here. I wrote this line once in my dad's speech where I said, you know, when you go on a diet and you decide to cut sugar yes. out of your diet and you start checking the label, you realize everything. sugar isn't everything. And so when you decide you want to dismantle racism, you realize racism is in everything. And the first time I decided this shit is fucking wild is when somebody had a TikTok once that was like, they were talking about how like you'll be at a club and it'll be like everybody in the club getting tipsy and then it'll turn into an EDM song. And this person goes, have you ever wondered why they do that in the club? And I was like, no, but I feel like it's going to be racism. And the guy was like, because clubs don't want to play what they consider Mm. urban music all the time because they feel that it will attract 
a certain mm-hmm. element. So that's why you hear like EDM mm-hmm. mixes of mm-hmm. rap songs because like that's a way of doing popular music but without playing the kind of music that they feel will attract. Black. And that's when I was like, racism it's is exhausting. exhausting. Are we, is any, I'm like, is anybody else tired? I'm, I'm tired. And this is why tired. we're taking a break and white I'm people tired. watch this episode and there are some things that y'all yes. can do. I'm going to give you some examples of things that you, uh, white people, what you can be doing to help actively dismantle racism. You must take it up as a mission. Listen, Minority Corner is wrapping up here. I'm passing the baton on yeah. to all of you. Uh, it's yes. it's on to you. You have 300 almost 50 episodes of information to supply yourself with and more take it Boom. um but you know trevor and out of those 300 episodes <laughs> i'm on like six of them so just listen to those you got it if you don't know where to start to read you got this um just, just do, do it, it. <laughs> and, and, and trevor noah said uh you know he talked about this on the podcast but he is said you know the, maybe the reason why Black people are always talking about racism is because we're the ones that are always seeing it and experiencing it. Always dealing with it. So, yeah, of course we're always talking about it. Of course we're always seeing it. Of course, like, again, the Oscars moment is so much more than just this Oscars moment. It's an entire reflection on us as a a race. It's it's a reflection on us. It's a moment of of noir. We're talking about black ableism. Like, we are literally amongst ourselves looking at each other doing the, like, (laughs) Spider-Man point. Like, what the fuck? What are you doing? That we need to have this conversation amongst ourselves. This has nothing to do with y'all. Y'all yeah. don't get to participate in yeah, it. Yeah, with Keep y'all. On moving on. You guys have a separate class. You guys have a separate class you should be taking that John yes. Stewart gave you. So you work on your homework while we work exactly. on ours. So we have different assignments. There it is. Um, and so the conversation unravels. I said to a friend of mine, I was like, wow, I don't think that they screened this guy. And my friend was like, oh, no, they did. But either. John Stewart oh, didn't know who did like because John Stewart is unraveling because he can't get to the points where he's trying to about what are we going yeah. to do as white people around racism and they can't even get on the same track that like racism really exists because this guy is still thinking in the terms of KKK like it's almost like the worst thing yeah. that someone could be called is because we've identified that being racist is a character flaw and so no one wants to be called yes. that but the problem is if we don't identify what racism is we can't unpack it and move no. beyond it everybody has unconscious bias there's different levels you have unconscious bias yes. you have prejudice then you have systemic uh child <laughs> oppression. when i tell you the first time i ever said that shit on a radio show or on a podcast and i said everybody's got got their own kind of inherent bias Oh, I got butt actually into the fucking no. ground. I got what aboutismed nope. until I basically wanted to throw my phone out the right. window. It was like, what about HBCUs? What about this? Well, if white privilege exists, how come LeBron? No. I'm no. like, how come LeBron? That's your follow up to. Well, if police shouldn't shoot black people, what about black on black crime? I'm sorry. Let's pause there for a second, Helen. Is the question you're asking me? How come black people get to shoot black people, but <laughs> I can't shoot a black person? Uh, Every time somebody God. says to me, "There shouldn't be words I can say and I can't," if you can say nigga, I want to say nigga, and I'm like, then say. I'm in that camp where I'm like, okay, so mm-hmm. say it. Because there are consequences to your you actions. You are average. by all means welcome to get on your Insta stories and say it 57,000 times. I also am allowed to then never interact with you ever again. It's like, and then I love how the follow-up is like, well, if I can't say it, no, you can't say it. No. I'm sorry. Pause. So now we're still rooting this in you. Like, you're still the center of this conversation. Listen, 
I'm yes. exhausted. And that's exhausted. why we're removing ourselves from this. So there is black folks are exhausted. We didn't create this. We shouldn't have to be the ones uh, continuing to do it. So one thing that you can do is the first step you could also because I just did this. You can Google for yourself how white people can dismantle racism and you'll see so many different <laughs> things. But I'm going to link three articles because I am kind of want to help you along your way. Um, is it right? Isn't it the worst when you want to be helpful and black and then you're just damn like, it, damn, here it. we go. Damn. I, in one of the articles that I'm going to link, uh, it talks about what is white privilege. So you can arm yourself with, you know, really describing what that is. Um, again, I was in a meeting the other day and we were, it was in a, we were in an Ali puddle and we were talking about, you know, you know, privilege. And I was saying, we're talking about like, you know, just having the audacity of a, a mediocre white man. We had this white guy in our group who, you know, he's pretty down <laughs> with the conversation. And it, but he was saying, yeah. he was like, yeah, I just apply for things whenever I want. And he just was like, ladies, just stop giving a fuck. And I said to him, I was like, but again, that is your privilege that you feel like you, you get to navigate yes. in that world. Uh, not all of it. I do not feel like I've been able to just give zero fucks. I am a black man. I can't just go around not giving the a fuck. The first time, the first time I worked with a majority of white women, and I remember a girl said, "My favorite thing to do is to get dressed real bummy and go to a really fancy <laughs> store and just like look at You're everything." You're getting thrown out, McKenzie. And everybody was like, and everybody was like, "Oh my god, I love that!" And I said, "I have never <laughs> in my life done that." And everybody was like, "What?" And I said, "Cause I'm black." And the, the way the temperature shifted in that room, because to me, the statement I made to them was not like a record scratch statement. It was like me laughing and be like, "I could never do that shit," cause I'm black what the fuck walk into an expense walk into louis vuitton <laughs> no. in my bummiest no. get out of here no. child you must you be been playing. tackled like, on the way just, in tased <laughs> i wouldn't have even made it into Saks fifth avenue to go to the louis vuitton part of the store because they would have been like can i help you like and so and so i genuinely was like and everybody was like huh and i said i i just don't even go shopping if i'm not dressed like if i'm leaving the gym and i realize i need to buy no. something like I either take what's in my closet or I need to give myself enough lead time to buy it online Dang. or I need to go home, get changed and go back out. And it was like the way everybody in that room acted like I was making it up. And I was like, that's a real thing. I was like, guys, Oprah got stopped outside of an air. Oprah, Oprah might as well be on the money. And the <laughs> fact that she was outside of an air store and people were like, get away from here. You jigaboo, you jigaboo. And it's like, she could have bought the whole Hermes store. She could have changed somebody's life with you that You just commission. made me realize, I, same thing, I will always make sure I'm wearing some, like, new clothes, like, so yeah. I, because I don't want people yeah. looking at me I don't like touch I'm things. crazy. Like, I shouldn't be there. I talk, I learned from my mom, don't walk through a store and touch things unless you're going to buy them. So I am a grown adult that still walks <laughs> with my hands either behind my back or at my side or in my pockets or on my hips because I'm like, don't touch, touch anything. Touch so this article will also point out what the difference is between individuals racism and systemic racism and again wanting to point out that a lot of things that we're talking about are so systemic uh you know again like yes i can you know there can be a black person who has bias against white people but there's not any power that comes along with that i can't really discriminate oh, against I you oh god I reverse, reverse racism oh, doesn't god. exist reverse sexism doesn't, doesn't exist. exist there's no I power love. there's no power that goes along with it and so Oh, that's another one I love when they say it. I love when they're like, I love how I said once there are white people and people that happen to be white. And somebody was like, my sister, when I told her that, said that you were being reverse mm -hmm. racist. And I was like, what do you want me to do no, with this comment? Nope. 
you want me to tell you, you and your sister go fuck yourselves? Like, what are we doing with this statement? What did you tell me this for? This Keep it to for yourself. You. And so this is the thing, too. Your <laughs> point, white people, you need spaces where you can have these conversations and un- unpack this. So what yes. I want to challenge all of our white listeners out there with is creating circles Call of unpacking whiteness. That's what my friend who write he yes. runs an ally the allyship uh, work, uh, network um, at at our company, and so he wants to put together an unpacking whiteness because y'all need space to be able to yes. you know s- say the wrong thing and learn and, and and grow. It's not a space to just continue growing racism, right? That's not the point of the space. Is not to just be like, no. can I say this? No, it's to unpack it in a, in a safe space because y'all need that because yeah, uh, we don't I. You all need the freedom to truly explore your thoughts so you can unpack them. And then yes. we don't I don't need to be there because I don't have to do it's going to be hard. It's going to be hurtful. Be- I don't want it to be your teacher like that's for yes. something else. You go off and do some of that work and then we can have a, a, a conversation. Yeah. So y'all discovered racism was real and you've been looking for in 2020. Y'all have spent two years trying to turn us into magical Negroes. We're, We're tired. And very tired. We're tired. And I feel like go- Google and some free. of y'all been slowing down in this race. Y'all are kind of giving up yes. and y'all ain't fixed it yet. And uh, I'm going to go take a break. <laughs> someone said someone said to me and I was like, it was such a staggering statement in which they said, I just wish there was a way that I could just know all of this and just move <laughs> on. Uh, <laughs> and it was like, and it just caught me so like, oh my God. God, y'all really thought you just had to read a couple books <laughs> and go to two rallies and you could like get a free anti-racism punch <laughs> card and be done. That's fucking no, wild. Doesn't work that way. It's a life. I was like, I have spent it's a lifetime, <laughs> yes, commitment. Yeah, lifetime commitment. And I was like, I was like, girl, we should have told them this before they put those black squares up. We should have been like, listen, now if you put this black square up, it's a lifelong commitment to dismantling racism in yep. yourself. And they were like, I can, I can yep. do that. You've got to do, do, do the work. And then I, I if y'all are at companies that have either allyship networks um, or doing events, go to them. Yeah. Go to those events. Please I'm not. I can tell you, Mike. I'm not seeing enough participation. Go to those events. No. Go to those things. If they don't have an allyship network at your company, start one. I'm so dead serious. And if you are on the DEI team, please stop inviting black people to the <laughs> allyship events or to your black voices talks. Let us take that day off. Let us yeah, rest. We're gonna go. Let us gonna sit go that in, in, off and, and rest on that one. I it's in and and the workplace is the place to do this because it's when you're having the most diverse people that are coming together outside of like your college or university. Um, and and yeah. if we're going to be working with diverse groups of people, we have to know how to interact with them. People are bringing this shit with them to work every day. And so you have to understand how that person who's different than you, how, how they are and, and giving space for like, I feel like I can bring my full black authentic self to work, but that's because like, you know, I'm fucking yeah. king of this place and rub my elbows. I'm the queen of DEIB. I mean, so listen. I'm about to fully be myself. <laughs> But I had to create that. I had to like really like shove the elbows. The yeah. company said after the murder of George Floyd, we're going to be an actively anti-racist workplace. I jumped through that window, pried it on, and trying with all of my might to keep that window yeah. open. Oh, they try to close it. Oh, they try to close it. But you said, oh, they try so hard. Said. Yeah. I so do the work. And if you don't, also this article points out. I'm going to link these three articles. One of them said, don't join a company that's not diverse and let them know. 
I'm not joining because your company is not diverse. I'm not joining your company because literally it's not diverse. I'm looking around and yikes. And what's funny is I am definitely in a position now where obviously I'm the first person that looks like myself in a senior mm-hmm. leadership position. And I literally interviewed a girl today. So this is the crazy part. There's a woman from HR that's Ooh. black. There's a gentleman on my team who is, uh, he's a gay man. And then there's me. And it was wild because the first thing she said when I said, are there any other questions? She was like, I just want to say I love how diverse the company is. Because all right, she's yeah. seen has been di- – and it was wild to me to think, like, okay, I don't take this job. She goes through this interview process and sees that the lower levels of the company might right. look like her. But when it comes to the leadership of the company, they look mm-hmm. nothing like her. And it was like a young Hispanic woman, and I had this moment where I was just like – yeah. I was like, this is this is not something I signed up for, but I will gladly yes, take it. There is still so much work at these companies to be doing. So, y'all, I love you, Corner Kids, and I know that you all are the future and you're really passionate about this stuff. So yep. make those changes in your workplace. Like, again, not everybody yeah. has to go out to a protest. There's actually more work and stuff to be doing. I think every... Yes. Every day we have to be asking ourselves, what am I doing to dismantle these systems to make it better for the next generation that's coming before us? Like we all have to make this our mission. And especially when you are white, you've got to really make it your mission. And white men in particular, because I feel like, I don't know, I feel like they're uh, white men in particular. Y'all need to fucking step it up. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all got to take a jackhammer (laughs) to your stuff. (laughs) I love you. I appreciate you, but you got to do better. Like, it's just you have all the power. You do. You can do it. Give zero fucks and go yes. handle it. But give a fuck. But give yes. zero fucks about. Call yeah, each call each other, other out. out. So I and and white ladies, please stop assuming that your experience is intersectional. Just because you're a white woman does not mean you understand the experience no, of black because women. Because of anything, please the stop. greatest, the people who I um benefited the most from affirmative action were white women because they were they were like hey you can't hire any more white men they're like okay she's a white woman they're like okay fine that works yeah and then they went with that and then they went with that trickle down equality mess where it was like you guys if we get it then you guys will get it and it's like get out of here susan b anthony Well, let's just dive in. Everyone is talking about this Oscar slap. Everyone's, you know, talking about it. Um, and I, I want to share something <laughs> with you. Get on up first because I think it's important for you to understand how different people see things and 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 experience things. So, I will say, like, and I think Renee, you did a great job covering this yesterday, and I really appreciate like the way that you went into it. Because um, I talked about this before in the podcast, and and if y'all don't know, they've done studies on this that. Uh, black people in particular have something called linked lineage. So anything that happens in the limelight to a black person, like we feel it. So whether someone wins or loses, like we're having a moment right now within the community of seeing, you know, these two amazing, you know, black figures have this moment play out in front of this sort of like a behind the clothes family sort of moment for us, you know? Right. And so there's a lot of like hand wringing about how this was the ugliest moment that ever happened in the Oscars. Well, I would tell you with the Oscars being like what, 90 years old and this is like the 92nd Oscars or whatnot, they've had a lot of other ugly mo- moments. So I just wanted to to go into the time machine uh, and, and explore some of these, you know? I mean, like there's just a lot of just like 
outrageous things that or people are like, you know, Kathy Griffin is like, oh, well, now like hecklers will go running up to the stage and, you know, hit people and things like that. It's like this, even like Chris Rock, you see his reaction. He's like, oh, I went too far. And they were going to handle it, you know, that you could see that it was, it was going to, it wasn't not defending anything, hurt people, hurt people. Um, and to your point yesterday, I hate that, you know, this, I, uh, you know, Chris, Will Smith slapping Chris Rock at the Oscars is going to be the thing that this Oscars is going to be remembered for. And Will Smith worked so hard for this Oscar. Something triggered him. That was like childhood trauma, like just on the sleeve there. Just absolutely on the sleeve. And you know what's so funny? Watching the clip, everyone thought it was a bit. And had Will Smith, because, you know, he was like, he was like, oh, here comes Chris Rock was like, oh, here comes, um, uh, what uh, Richard Williams because he was coming up there all angry and there was a slap and people were like oh this is this is a bit oh okay and had Will Smith just not yelled what he yelled twice about you know keep my wife's name out of your mouth right then that's when people are like oh this is not a bit this is not a bit and quite I'm right there with you Will Smith is also one of my favorites I'm in the middle of his audiobook Renee has purchased it like you've got some you got some Smithies here but uh it's gonna make it a little bit I need some time before I can go back and, and listen to the book because uh, it's, uh, yeah. But here are some other moments that happened at the Oscars that were also really terrible. Like Mark Hamill was like, this is the most terrible thing that's ever happened. Again, I think I found some other A lot ones. of white people saying that. Kathy Griffith, Jed Apatow. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's just, uh, it's yeah so let's let's be careful human beings have the oscars have been around for almost 100 years there's some other ones so for example i so john wayne uh this was back in 1973 john wayne essentially tried to assault uh sashin littlefeather for talking about inequality and oppression so here's what happened in 1973 marlon brando boycotted the oscars and he tapped this Native American actress and activist, uh, Sashin Littlefeather, to refuse his Best Actor Award that he actually won for The Godfather. So he didn't even show up. Uh, he was like, you can accept this for, for me. Um, and why did he do that? Because about the recent standoff between Native Americans and federal law, law enforcement at Wounded Knee. So Wounded Knee was happening. And he's just like, I can't go and accept an award at this time. So... He had her do it for her um, and, you know, it's pretty much for also the treatment of American um, Indians by the film industry, you know, how they were treated. And so she there's a clip on YouTube. I wish we could like link things in, in show notes, but there's a, a clip on YouTube, which is very like goes up there, very gracious. And she's like, you know, um, Marlon Brando has this huge speech that he wants me to read. I don't have time to read it. I am going to go give it to the press. Um, but she said, you know, I, Marlon Brando has pretty much said that, you know, he cannot come and accept this war because of the treatment of, you know, Native Americans. And there was this weird, like, boo, and some applause. There was like a mixture, about 50 50, mm -hmm. of like boos and applauding about this thing that was happening. It was almost like, how dare you talk about, like, you know, important issues. And, my hat goes off to Marlon Brando. I had no idea. Like this man, like what an amazing sort of moment to say, no, no, let you take the stage. You speak. I can't go up there and, and have that. And then apparently afterwards, um, John Wayne, who like Mr. Cowboy guy, like went up and essentially like accosted her and tried to, people had to hold her back. And they were trying to like, 
he was trying to pretty much like uh, attack her and there was six security men who had prevent prevented him from doing so um so there was that moment that happened at the 1972 mm -hmm. 73 oscars yeah. i would say that's pretty so i see but you, so these are moments you're just like they may not have captured it on film but the this night has always been wild or some yes, will be some will be things that you've seen. There's some will be things that you didn't see. So we don't we don't have the footage of John Wayne accosting, right? No, we no, no. We don't. We yeah. we just know it happened. Yeah. Okay. So and then you also have night. this is just the first time always you're a wild night. Yeah. Uh, we talked about this before. 1940, Hattie McDaniel when she won for Gone with the Wind. Um, her treatment was really bad. She was the first black actor to be nominated and win an Oscar, and she wasn't even allowed in the ceremony. She had to like go sit and watch like in a completely different room. I would say, and that was pretty much captured on camera. That was a pretty terrible night for the Oscars. Um, Seth MacFarlane, Seth MacFarlane, when he hosted in 2013, was such misogyny on everyone's uh, in front of everybody. He pretty much sang a song about women who have been naked in films and making like, you know, oh, we saw like this joke. I want, and I'm going to repeat it for morning television. And it's just so interesting. It's one of those things that like, we said this before, if we see something that happened before 2017, it's like a movie or TV show, chances are there's going to be some racism in it, sexism, things that like we kind of, I didn't even know that we didn't, like we didn't have the vocabulary to be like, hey, or we weren't, we were so engrossed in it. Right. And I'm like, we just oh, yeah. It like, is, this is something you have to put up with. These, yeah. these women who didn't get new, naked in these films for the enjoyment of men, it was part of the art. And here he is doing this song and dance number at the Oscars about it. And everyone just like, yeah, this mm -hmm. is great. Ha ha. Like, um, in 2003, Roman Polanski uh, won the Best Director Award for The Pianist, and he wasn't present to accept it, but got a standing ovation. Roman Polanski, who uh, is an abuser, he had to flee the country because he is such a terrible human being. And Hollywood in 2003, knowing all of this information, gave him a standing ovation. Harvey Weinstein for decades has gotten awards after awards pretty much with Hollywood knowing this secret about what a terrible abuser and predator that he is. So let's calm down, everybody. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's calm yeah. down. This is not the yeah. ugliest moment ever happened at the Oscars. It's <laughs> filled with yeah. ugly, terrible moments. I mean, Moon Knight, yeah. we also saw that moment where Moon Knight's award, <laughs> like that debacle, like it's filled with it. So because humans are messy and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you've got very lively humans together in a room, it's gonna, it's gonna get wild. So yeah. that was the point this that is... I wanted to make. No, it's such a good point. It's so insightful. It's, um, yeah, I guess it's, it's so interesting how blatant it needs to be for us to have this reaction where equal offenses have happened, but they're less blatant. So we're less aware. Um, it's, it's uh thank you. Thank you for doing that report. That's really, really interesting. Well, that's fun. That was fun, right? Corner kids. That was fun. And you got a little taste of what we're doing over there on get on up. I'm determined to get y'all 
on over there. I don't want to leave you behind. I'm going to miss you. So why don't you all come on over to get on up as we get ready to uh, close down shop here at Minority Corner. But we still got time. I do believe April 22nd will be our final, final show here. So if you're like, how do I watch this magical show? Get on up. Well, there's a few different ways. You have an Echo or an Alexa device. You can just say open back channel will be live from 7 to 9 a.m. Pacific time. And then that is 10 a.m. to noon Eastern time and then everything in between. And then some of y'all live globally. So you have to, I don't know. I don't know. I can't do a full thing. So just Google that one for you. But you can figure it out. We'd love to have you. Uh, you can interact with us. So uh, on the YouTubes, uh, you can also find us on YouTube. We're on back channel as well. We'll put a link in the show notes. Back channel is the YouTube network that this is all a part of. And on the Echo and Alexa, Amazon device. So there it is. We'll hope to see you over there. Come on over. Me and Renee Colvert, you love her. From Can I Pet Your Dog? She's great. We love her. It's great. Sarah's there. And Sarah's just killing it as our producer over there on the show. It's great. Monday through Friday. We'll see you on over there. Also, Quarter Kids, do not forget, we want to hear from you. You are the folks that have kept us going for seven years. So you can email a little voice memo recording. Just record a little audio recording. Email that over to minoritycorner at gmail.com. We want to hear what has Minority Corner meant to you? Any well wishes, any parting words, anything that stuck out to you while watching the show, how listening to it, how it's impacted your life, anything that you want to share with us. We're going to do a compilation episode. We want to hear from you. Get your voice here on the pod as we say goodbye because you were just as much as part of the show. So, you know, it can be anything. You can even just like a hello, thank you. I listened to this many episodes. I'll miss you. Whatever it is that you want to share, I think it'll be a beautiful thing. And uh, it'll be great. So make sure to email that over to minoritycorner at gmail.com and we'll get you over there. Or you could also just email and say you can email and type a little blurb if you don't want to use your voice. That's okay. Type out a little blurb. I'll read it for you. Maybe we'll get Sarah to do it. Yeah, even Lori. Well, there are some voices. We gotcha. Well, all right. Speaking of things we got, we got to get out of here. This is it for today. What a great episode. Mackenzie will be back next week. We got more to discuss, more to unpack. So let's do it. Okay. All right. Big thank you to Sarah Brown, our producer slash editor, to Lori Fowler, our production coordinator, to all of you amazing listeners. We love you so much. And also to all of our Maximum Fun members. We can't do the show without you. You help keep the lights on. So thank you all for listening to Minority Corner. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.